This is the School of Woo Woo. Welcome, students. Students, seekers, and people looking to have a good time. Hell yeah. We'll be your guides on this metaphysical adventure. I'm Amber. I'm Leah. And class is now in session. Welcome back, students. Hi, class. All right. So it's come to our attention Mm. that perhaps some of you have never heard the extra credit. Yeah. So we're going to start today with the extra credit (laughs) at the top of the episode, which is rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Mm -hmm. tell a friend, Mm -hmm. and join us on Patreon. Yeah, so we looked at some of the analytics, and I was like, no one's listening to the (laughs) the outros. There's homework in the outros. That's what everyone's like, I'm out, not listening. I don't don't give a fuck about the homework. that's never getting done. It's not just us that's not doing the homework. I'm glad I'm not the only one not doing the homework. (laughs) Makes me feel better. People do contact me, and they're like, where are your jeans? I'm like, where are your jeans? (laughs) It just sounds like sex talk. What are you wearing? They're on my floor. Where do you think they are? They should be on their floor. Good point. Good point. (laughs) Excellent point. All right. So here we are for another episode that's not astrology. But don't worry, it's, it's like still COVID related. It's like we've forgotten that we talk about astrology at all. I know. Weird. People are like, you're an astrology Astro podcast. what? We're not just about <laughs> astrology. And this is where you find that out. Mostly when you keep expecting there to be one. Tune in next week. We should be on track with Aries. Wow. You are, she's being really confident because what's really happening next week is that it's our birthday. It is our birthday. I was thinking we could do like a big birthday slash we're back with astrology. Okay. Maybe that'll happen. It's, you know, aim high. What's it? Aim for the... Speak it into existence. Aim for a moon or something and hit a star Aim for the moon and land amongst the stars. Okay. I believe that's what the Pisces taught us. Okay. All right. See? There we go. See, it's the delusion of the Pisces back in the podcast <laughs> blanket fort. We're like, we're going to do big things. People are like, do one thing. Do Fucking anything. Do, do anything. Yeah. Yeah. So... It's going to be our birthday. We want to answer questions or have interaction or something with people. So we would love it if people submitted questions that they wanted us to answer. Will we answer your questions? Maybe. <laughs> Will we ever have an astrology podcast again? Maybe. Same answer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we will choose from questions that we receive and answer those. If the question is, when are we receiving an Aries episode or Taurus, though, I don't think that'll be the ones we choose. We're not answering that question. (laughs) Stop pressuring us. We don't like that. Join our Patreon because we'd love to hang out with you there. But P.S. I think this got lost in the hubbubaloo of we're one. We're going to be wrapping up our first season. We're so fucking excited. <laughs> Thanks for sticking with us on this wild ride. I know. It's been great fun. It has been so much I can't much believe fun. it's been a year actually. Me either. I'm like, time. Wow. Just flies by. Flying by. And also to people who get mad that we don't have episodes out all the time. I'm like looking back. I'm like, oh my gosh, we have so many episodes. Like 50 plus episodes. I know. So I'm going to count so I have the correct number (laughs) so I can bring receipts. Receipts that you should have had on this episode. To the birthday episode. So join us on Patreon to hang out. And if you have questions, you can just ask us there. So that's kind of the beauty of it. You don't have to wait and hope that we answered on a random podcast. Mm -hmm. But we also are going to be gifting our Patreon members in honor of our birthday. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you join our Patreon anytime between now and June 30th, you are eligible for a gift or multiple gifts, depending on what level you join at. And it's going to have our logo on it. The stuff's adorable. We're adorable. We're so excited. You're going to be so adorable with your school of woo-woo <laughs> swag. Get on it. Literally get on it because we want to get to know you. I know. So but, join us in there. I know. Come on, guys. Let's have fun. All right, so really short intro today because we have a little bit longer interview with Beth Ann, Dr. Beth Ann, who we have heard from twice before on previous episodes, and we know that a lot of you really enjoyed listening to her, and she has some information about the Akashic Records and coronavirus, and she was lovely to speak with, as always. So we're going to pretty quickly jump into that. Um, just if you do enjoy Beth Ann, you can find her at BethAnnKW.com. 
And please sign up for her free newsletter, which is Intuitive You. And you can do that right on her website if you haven't done so already. All right. So we're going to slide into a commercial and then right into the interview. Okay. Bye, students. Bye, class. This commercial is brought to you by Common Good Masks. Common Good Masks. Don't be a dick. There's a pandemic going on. Put on a mask. You can't say that. I just did say that. Like, I literally did. They heard me say that. I actually was really jealous when you said it. Y'all, we have talked about COVID for weeks. Put on a fucking mask. How good did that feel? So good. It I don't so care good. where you get the fucking mask. Wear one. Um, but if you decide to buy your mask from Common Good Masks, use discount code STUDENT for 10% off www.commongoodmasks.com Welcome back from that commercial break, students. We are here again with Dr. Beth Ann um, from Hawaii. You might hear some roosters crowing in the background. <laughs> Let's hope so. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we need, like our, we need our spirit animals. Bring them on in. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, we had Dr. Beth Ann on two of our previous episodes and we just love the messages that she brings in with um, her knowledge with the Akashic records. And we're just really happy to have you here with us again. Thank you so much. It's amazing to be here. I'm just, I'm just delighted to be on the show. I'm always so happy to talk to the two of you. (laughs) We're happy to talk to you too. (laughs) So Beth Ann had offered to open up the Akashic Records and share some of the wisdom there with us and our listeners. And so I'm going to open up that space for you to kind of guide us through that. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, just to kind of give a context, because the last time I was on the show, we talked about the Akashic Records, but not everybody might know what they are. Mm -hmm. So the Akashic Records are the records of soul, and they are um, like an energetic library where all sort of recordings of past, present, and what is to come is recorded. And of course, with what is to come, a lot of that's unwritten because we're writing it as we go. So the records themselves can be opened like for a specific individual, which is what I do like with in my one-on-one work um, and bring in what your soul purpose is. But you can also use the records to open up bigger issues. Like you can open up the records on um, the energetic principles of money or love or, you know, the United States of America. So I chose to go into the records and open them up for COVID-19 because I wanted to understand like, what is this about from a soul level, like from a spiritual perspective, what what is this about? So that's the information that I'm bringing in here today that I want to share with everybody. And um, I also want to add in, I'm a psychologist too, so the psychological impact of this, it's really real. We're going to be talking more about this. Like, this isn't meant to spiritually bypass this information or skip over it. It's just to bring in um, context from, like, how does spirit look at this? And as souls, you know, why did we agree that it was okay for this to be on the planet at this point in time? So that's the wisdom that's coming in. I just wanted to give a sort of a landing space for anybody who's never heard of them before. So um, if it's okay with you, I'm just going to share some of what I asked the records and like the responses that I got. And um, yeah, if you guys have questions about that to dive in any deeper, um, feel free to ask. But I'm just going to share kind of some of the initial wisdom that I got from it. The biggest thing that really came through in the records is that 2019 really marked the end of a cycle um, where like as as humanity, as a human race, we were in a space where um, we had, I guess, the luxury of being more like self-contained or self-involved. You know, from 2020 on out, humanity's writing a new script and it's one that we have to work together and we have to be more aware of each other. So when I asked the records, like, what is the purpose of the virus on the planet at this point in time? The first time I opened them, the answer that I got was to encourage humanity to begin to write a new story. You thought you were going in one direction and you're discovering it's necessary to move in another instead. This is part of the larger purpose of humanity needing to rewrite the story at this particular point in time. And this is the beginning of realizing your capability of writing that story. You can do this. It's a time of great resilience and courage. There's huge potential here. So 
When I opened the records up, and I just did this yesterday because I wanted to be really fresh on the call, and I asked the same question, I got a really similar response. But the way that the records framed it was that COVID has come at this point in time in order to really force like the human race into a massive self-examination process. And this is happening collectively <laughs> and it's happening individually as each of us is impacted like this. And the metaphor they gave me is, you know, here's this virus, right? And it's invisible. You can't see it. It's microscopic. And like the macrocosm of humanity is really being put under a microscope at this point in time. And we're being forced to examine, like, look at our healthcare system. What about our economic structures? Um, what does connection mean? You know, the virus itself is passed by like, you know, through the hands to the face, like it's passed through connection. Um, and so it really is here to be a big wake up call to force us to slow down to really start to create a reset and really make us think about the direction that we're heading in. So that's really the soul um, of why this is here at this point in time. And as, as, as on a soul level, like we called this in, we contracted to say we are okay with having this on the planet at this point in time because it wouldn't be here if we weren't. So I think that's interesting because we are collectively having to sit with our grief and then, you know, singularly sit with our grief as well yes. and find new ways to connect with each other. And for me, I've been walking through a lot of just anger has really surfaced for me. And I think that what you talk about with, we need to examine our healthcare systems and we need to examine the disparity in wealth. And a lot of that was something that this current administration in the United States and globally, we're seeing it in a lot of different governments. Yes really kind of pushed it to its limits and were so just outrageously upfront about it that really we couldn't ignore it anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Like this is this is here, um, you know, on a soul level, this is here because we're not meant to ignore these things anymore. Like we are being forced mm -hmm. to pay attention, um, you know, and the sense that I get of things is that the trajectory of what is going to happen in terms of like what happens with the virus itself is really based on our response to it and how much we choose to pay attention at this particular point in time. You know, it is so in our face, you know, you can't get away from it. And it's it's meant to. One of the wisdoms that came through when I was in the records was it's okay to let your hearts break right now. <laughs> it's okay, mm -hmm. right? It's okay to feel the feelings. It's okay to be in grief. It's okay to be in sadness. It's okay to acknowledge your fears. You know, it's really important to do all of that. It's okay to, um, that's part of the examination process, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And kind of, it, you're, you're so encouraged to sit in those dark spaces and to look your shadow side in the eye and say, okay, this is all of my fear, but you're also my greatest teacher. And in that is love always. Yes. Yes. You know, it's like you kind of have to learn to flip it, right? <laughs> you know, like fear is here to teach us. But then there's a sense like it's it's kind of a trickster. You know, if we can like really sit with our fears and really examine what they're about, usually they go to like needs having to do with like belonging, attachment, security. Will I be safe? And if we can really listen to the truth behind it, there's so much potential to bring love into that space. It's so human to feel those things and to like be afraid right now. It's just being part of like being a human being and, you know, I guess a spiritual being having a human experience. We're not meant to skip those emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, when you're talking about, you know, facing the fear and a lot of people, I think in this more spiritual realm, like have shame if they are feeling fear because they're like, oh, I'm supposed to be positive. I'm supposed to be part of the light, but it's almost like it's more about grounding yourself and letting the fear wash over you rather than just pretending the fear isn't there. And that's one of the reasons why on this show, we do talk about shame and sex and what is in your closet and let's bring it out because if you just pretend that you don't have a closet that's <laughs> filled with like dirty secrets, you know, you're not getting anywhere. You're not working through all of these issues, they actually are taking a ton of emotional 
power yes. and mental energy to ignore yeah, them. Yeah, it's so true. This is such a beautiful opportunity right now for self-love, right? Like, and just like witnessing those things inside of ourselves. I think they're really beautiful principle to remember is we're not our fears. We're not our anxieties. We're not the stuff in the closet. I mean, those are just experiences that have happened to us. They're feeling states that have accumulated from being a human being. But like the truth of who we are isn't those things. The truth of who we are is these like beautiful divine souls who chose to have this journey. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to be afraid of what we've collected on the journey. And we don't have to be afraid of unpacking it. Because if we know who we really are, then that stuff becomes less threatening you know and we're able to to begin to work with it well and the virus is that gift the silver lining is so much connection occurs when somebody has the courage to say i'm scared yes i'm so sad i have so much sorrow that i mm -hmm. don't know how to work through and it opens up this beautiful space for connection and conversation and for being seen and validated and that's kind of what we've been hearing discussed for the last i don't know three or four years maybe longer i think brenny brown really brought that to the forefront yeah vulnerability yes mm -hmm. is really that threshold that you have to cross to be able to experience those highs yeah it's so true you know it's it was really beautiful um i asked the records like how do we psychologically navigate this right now and a couple metaphors came through which might feel helpful for some of the listeners and one of them was the full archetype like how can we be the fool in the tarot deck right now who's just kind of bumbling around <laughs> and making mistakes mm -hmm. and not knowing how to feel mm -hmm. and like learning as we go like none of us is certain we're all in the same boat of uncertainty and not knowing how the landscape's going to look moving forwards not knowing how it's going to impact us individually so can we almost bring a sense of like absurdity to it and a sense of play and maybe it's okay to be curious about these things that are getting triggered inside of us and, you know, being vulnerable with them instead of feeling like we should somehow have moved beyond it or shouldn't be feeling that way. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought that was um, just such a beautiful way to think about it. Like, how can we each be the fool right now and allow ourselves to go through this process instead of trying to control the process? I love that. The fool is actually one of my favorite archetypes. Because totally. Me too. The fool moves with such love, like yes. actually that guiding force for the fool. And it's like, if that were all of our guiding light, the world would be so bright. I mean, there'd still be mishaps and foibles, but they'd be handled with levity and yes. joy and seen with so much more stardust and silver. Light. Yes. It's so true. When I, when I channeled that message, the image that came through was like, if you were a tourist in a foreign country back in maybe the seventies and all you had was a map and maybe a travel book, right? Cause you don't have the technology to tell you how to like translate the language or where to go. Like, how would you have fun on a vacation where you didn't speak the language? You didn't know where you were going. And like, how could you have the spirit of adventure about, enjoy and um you know sort of like letting the process unfold you know we all kind of are strangers in a strange land right now and we have a map that we don't really understand <laughs> and we're all kind of learning it and figuring it out as we go along oh completely and i think that's kind of what's happening right now is some of us are coming together and saying oh i need to really tighten my community and my circle that what we saw at the beginning of this explosion of this virus was so much willful ignorance and arrogance, at least here in the United States, because so many people almost refused to acknowledge that the world is so connected. This was going to be a part of yeah. the reality. And so to ignore it for so long and then to act so surprised when it landed here <laughs> yes. and it started to unfold was so shocking and really I think ignited a lot of my rage mm. because I did want us to be coming together as a community and what we saw instead was massive ridiculous hoarding and I think that was kind of that first stage and I was frustrated watching that piece unfold but now as we've all kind of settled into this new reality it is so nourishing to me to see so many people actually connecting in such soulful ways with their yes. communities, with their friends and their families, and really going out of their way to make sure that people around them are cared for. Yeah, it's really... Um... 
It's so interesting, right? In a time that we're staying apart, we're really learning what it means to come together. I mean, what a paradox, you know? And if you think about prior to this, how you could be in a room filled with people and be checked out on your phone or just, you know, mindless of the people around you, you know, now we're aware because <laughs> most of us are in, mm -hmm. you know, self-quarantined or stay at home or whatever, like we're, we're in quarantine. And so now there's this awareness, awareness of space, awareness of the other. Um, and there's so much, there's so much beauty that's coming in on how people are choosing to step up and how people are choosing to connect. People are paying attention and they're taking it seriously. You know, I really feel like this will show what is brightest in us and it will show what is the worst in us, you know, on a collective level. And then also um, in terms of just individuals and how individuals choose to react at this point in time. It's interesting that you say that piece about sitting in a room full of people and you're on your phone. It's almost like the universe said, okay, if that's how you really want to connect, like that's what you're showing. <laughs> Let's do that then. We'll just only connect that way. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Like if, if this is what it takes to get your attention and you're going to do this anyways, <laughs> yeah, then, then we will work with what you've written into the pattern and make you like... <laughs> Think about also, like, what is it to be connected on a human level? When you're talking about space and we're acknowledging, like, if someone's in your space, that brings up your attention a lot more. But it's on one level, it is fear of the other. And for a lot of people, I think that is bringing that up for them. But it's also with this disease so interesting because you can be contagious without having any symptoms and you might not know that you're contagious. And so having to really take self-responsibility to be like, but I don't know a hundred percent that I'm not contagious. Mm -hmm. So what are my actions doing to this space or potentially to this other person that I'm interacting yeah, with? Yeah, it's so true. This is such an interesting time to think about staying in as a form of helping, <laughs> you know, staying in and like, you know, just going without as a way to um, to potentially help others because we don't know. You know, I feel like it's really making us think about exchange and the energy of giving and receiving, right? And like so many ways, giving and receiving the virus, giving and receiving assistance, giving and receiving connection. You know, there's these multiple ways that that's coming through, um, which I find really interesting because Venus is going into retrograde channel or shadow and she rules exchange, <laughs> you know, so at a time where like the mm -hmm. cosmos are kind of echoing what's going on, we're all really um, encouraged to look at the idea of like giving and receiving and the energy of exchange in our life and all these different ways. You know, it's so fascinating when you kind of look at spiritually, like there's so much potential here for us to grow and for us to um, evolve the way we look at the world through this. And I think as we've kind of stepped into, okay, this is going to be a lot longer than a lot of us had anticipated. How does that change my behavior now when I thought it was just going to be a month and I was going to go back to my old reality? And now I think it is settling in for a lot of people. The old reality no longer exists. Many, many things are going to disappear as a result of us not being out in our communities. And so it's these different mirrors that we're having to sit with in our quiet times of if I get to build a new world, what does that new world look like in an idea? Yeah, way? it's such a restructuring right now, right? You know, there's, I mean, there's a really good example is there's businesses that close that will never reopen. You know, that's just a really concrete one, mm -hmm, but yeah. there's people who lost jobs. I mean, the amount of people who've applied for unemployment at this point, I couldn't believe the number. I don't remember what it is, but you know, it's hitting people on such a visceral level. Um, and you're so right there's actually space to like really thoughtfully think about like, what do we want to build? What would it look like to create? Um, what does the new earth look like? What does it look like to create something that's more equitable for everybody? We're not allowed to ignore mm -hmm. that this is going on. And, you know, I think you're right. Whatever the trajectory of this is, we're in it for the long haul. Like even if life like semi goes back to normal, um, you know, my sense of things is, is that um, whether it's with the virus or whether it's with something else, we are going to be given a lot of opportunities as a human race to keep paying attention and to write that new story. What I think is interesting about all of this is that 
if an earthquake happens somewhere and it's not around you, you're like, oh, well, that's awful for those people or, you know, whatever, but you kind of forget about it. And then with this being something that's affecting everywhere in the world, you know, 10 years from now, you would be able to travel somewhere, hopefully, potentially, and say, what did you guys do during, you know, the COVID-19 here? Because everyone has these stories of shared experiences all over the world. And even if it's not exactly your experience, they'll have yes. something memorable. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, this is what this is what we did. This is how we handled it. Mm-hmm. This is what happened here. And then also with that is when we're talking about rewriting, really questioning what's important to you now. Mm-hmm. Like, was that job that important to you, or was that false sense of security what was getting yes. you through? So looking at what is it that is really driving you, and a lot of people are spending time alone with just their thoughts and it's like okay well what is it that really is driving you and then also what is it that you can do that's not just for you but it's also for someone else and it's like those guys that bought like all the purell and then (laughs) yes seventy dollars or something and people weren't having it you know everyone was like i'm fine with someone making money yeah be a dick (laughs) you know what i mean like Right. Like, what's the win, win, win here? What is it where, okay, great, you get to make a living and you're going to help someone else and the collective is going to be better off because of this service that you're providing or good or whatever it is. Or even if it's just being yourself, how is that helping? Yeah, how is the exchange, like, how is it equitable, right? How is that that energy of of giving and receiving, like how it's it's just making us really consider that you know and really look at um you know the the earth itself like all of this it's a sacred ecosystem and we're part of that we're part of the earth you know we are here on this planet at this point in time because we're meant to be a part of it and you know one of the like laws of nature is interdependence and the idea that everything is yeah nothing's better than the other nothing's worse it's all interdependent on one another And I've had a lot of messages come in from the natural world about how this is here to teach us what true abundance is and to really think about like, how are we or how are we interdependent, you know, and how can we receive like whatever we need to receive for ourselves right now, but how can we um, give aid? How can we help as well? Um, You know, it's such a shift in thinking for, for, for many people, this is going to be a really big shift in thinking if they haven't developed that awareness of like being part of an ecosystem and the idea that like what you do, your action, like actually has a ripple effect, you know, it impacts others. So yeah, um, I feel like those lessons are right in our face right now. And we're being forced to sit with Mm -hmm. it. When I was in the records, they used the word forced a lot. And I, I have to say that like, you know, Angel communicator Beth Ann didn't love that word. <laughs> like, like if, if it were me, I would say we're being invited or we have the opportunity to, but like over and over again, they kept using the word forced. <laughs> so I was really specific not to shift that out just because I didn't exactly like the word, but it makes me think a little bit of, um, Saturn energy and how, you know, the energy of Saturn is that Saturn is the disciplinarian. She's the teacher who teaches us mastery by restricting us and by limiting us. And right. Isn't that what's going on right now? Like Saturn's like giving all of us a big giant lesson and, you know, and it's coming through restriction. Um, But again, it's really about abundance and recognizing like what true abundance is and true connection is and really recognizing what we truly need versus like what we think we need. It was not sustainable, the system that we were operating within and it really worked for a few people. And now it really is saying, but no, look around like this is so dark. This is dark. The reality we had in 2019 and before was dark. Now we're being given the opportunity to reevaluate and it doesn't have to be dark moving forward. It's reminding me so much of if you were a Phoenix and you didn't know that you had to burn mm. first to, mm-hmm. ask to be reborn. It's like we're in that Phoenix stage of burning and we have to just endure these flames for a little bit longer to be rebirthed and to be given an opportunity to start over and mother earth oh my gosh i mean there's so much sitting right there with mother earth in this whole crazy new reality of 
I needed you guys to take a beat too. I needed some time and I will heal myself. Mother Earth reminds me so much of our physical bodies. When given an opportunity to heal, they both heal so quickly. Yeah. I've been thinking so much with the symbolism that we have this disease that attacks the lungs, right? It attacks the ability to breathe. And yet the Earth mm -hmm. is breathing for the first time mm -hmm. in a way that she hasn't had the space to mm -hmm. do. That is not a coincidence of, you know, where this like hits in the human body and what we're observing within like Mother Earth and her body because she's opening back up. And it's, it's so beautiful mm -hmm. right now. Um, and it's amazing to see some of the things that are coming through about like smog and pollution being cleared and you can see the mountains again and, you know, the lessening of traffic. And I think there's going to be a lot more, um, like really beautiful gifts that we see from the natural world with the slowdown in life, but there's such a strong message here. Um, such a strong message. And we've put a, a huge burden on the earth. Like we have been so destructive, you know, and so disrespectful for so long. Like she's taking herself back. Absolutely. And in such silly ways that didn't benefit anybody's abundance. The interesting thing to me is when we look at the human body, the lungs are where we mm -hmm. store sorrow and grief. And so that's what's being brought triggered. to the forefront. Yeah. yeah. And triggered and attacked. And it's like, no, like really there's no bypassing grief and there's no bypassing sorrow. It's sitting in it and acknowledging it and moving through it and with it. But this whole, like all of the symbolism in the part of the body that's being attacked. And like you're saying, mother earth being reborn yeah. and healing herself, it's not a mistake. But then with the heart chakra is also in that same area so it's like yeah, yes that's where you have your sorrow that's where you have your grief yeah and that's where you have your love mm -hmm. it's all literally yeah the same and exact it's spot so it is taking us yes. to those vulnerable places yeah and, and they're they're highly <laughs> uncomfortable <laughs> places you know I, going through my own grief journey over losing my brother and um you know you know I, I went on to write books about it and explore that emotional terrain you know and I, I understand why we want to avoid it <laughs> it's horrible making space for those feeling states because that's really all that they are they're their feeling states there's information there like we all have them we all signed up to experience the full spectrum of being human which means we're going to get the full spectrum of emotions, you know, from like the brightest stuff to the most darkest stuff. It's all inside of each of us, um, you know, and so they are hard to weather. And I liked earlier what you said about enduring like the burning process and sort of enduring the falling apart and the stripping of an old identity. But on the other side of that, there's so much space and there's so much light. And what I really found mm -hmm. with all of those emotions, so I used the word trickster earlier with fear, they're, they're tricksters, you know, they're sort of these difficult teachers and disguise, and they're here to help us experience them. So when we mindfully reach for love, when we mindfully invite in the light, we're making a choice about it. We're saying, I choose to bring love into the space, or I choose to bring light, or I choose to bring healing into the space. And the ways that we do that aren't by being, I don't know, like all ascended and super spiritual and meditative all the time sometimes like bringing love into a space it's just saying I'm going to be present with myself in this like I'm going to see if I can love myself mm -hmm. in this and if I can't love myself in this then I'm going to tell the universe well I'd like to try and love myself in this you know I mean that's all it takes to bring light into that space it's not that complicated there's not some big thing we have to do we just have to keep our hearts open to ourselves you know that has been this is a little bit of a side note, but that's been kind of the thing that I keep chuckling about as I watch this unfold is how funny that we've covered ourselves in makeup and we've covered ourselves in fake nails and we've covered our hair and dye and we've done all these things. And some of it's done because we enjoy that. And some of it's done because we don't like to show the world who we are beneath that. And so, so many masks, we are literally being forced again to remove them because you can't go see the person who does your nails or go replenish your makeup in the same ways that you might want to, or get your hair done in the same ways that you might want to. And it's like, you have to sit with that. And maybe you don't showcase that on social media, but you're looking in the mirror every day and you're being rebirthed. We're all being rebirthed to our natural state in some yeah. Yeah. kind of way. These Zoom calls, I'm like, wait, I like ask people, I'm like, are you expecting me to put on a Bravo or like, are you expecting me to like brush my hair before this Zoom call? <laughs>
One of the lights in this is that it's been one big pajama party for many people. <laughs> Someday we'll wear real pants yeah. again, but mm -hmm. not today. <laughs> that's so true. I keep saying to Amber, we need to have a school of woo-woo pajama party. on. A I think Friday that's a fantastic idea. You know, it's, it's funny, a side note, but it kind of ties into what we're talking about. When I first moved to Kauai, um, I lived in like shorts and t-shirts with, you know, I think I didn't even wear a bra for the longest time. It was too hot for pajama bottoms. And then when it got cold in the winter, it was sweatpants, you know, and I was working from home. So I do all my work, uh, you know, over the phone or video anyways. But where I'm going with that is back in Alaska, I had this identity of who I was. I was a psychologist. I ran a private practice. I wore certain clothes and people recognized me because I always dressed a little bit like rainbow bright. And there was all these other pieces to my identity, um, what I made, what I thought my income was, you know, and when I came over here, I really went through a process of just kind of being stripped back to who I am without any of that stuff. What's my understanding of myself now without the makeup, without the fancy outfits, without people to say, oh, I really like what you're wearing, you know, without the big salary anymore, you know, without the prestige of a private practice. Who am I now? Like, who am I? And I feel like that's so that's where everybody's at right now, you know, depending on like how hard we've been hit. Um, a lot of people have lost jobs. They've had loss of identity. Um, there's real fear around losing loved ones and, you know, what the course of this might take. And so we're really sitting with the question of who are we, you know, who, who are we without the mask mm -hmm. on? And mm -hmm. um, yeah, we're people who wear pajamas. <laughs> Going through a lot of grief, you know, and we are people trying to find the humor that we can and trying to, um, we're, we're whole. This is what it means to be whole, to allow ourselves to dissolve right now and not to have to hold on to those identities and to be a little bit messy and be a little bit of all of the above. It's so true. If you've lost your job due to this, you are left to either decide am I so worthy? Or did I buy that lie of I had to go to school, get a job, make a certain salary, have a family, live my life in this certain way to be considered successful. And if all of that is stripped away, and I have to rely on other people, maybe even to provide for my family, am I still worthy? And so it's this conversation again, that has been kind of at the outskirts and kind of peripheral in the last few years of what is worthiness and what does self-love actually mean? And this is us. Yeah. It's having, it's, practice. this is us having to go beneath the layers of how we find security and keep digging deeper and deeper. Right. Because a lot of those false selves are falling away. So this is a time that's really taking us to the core of who we are. And, you know, what do you believe about your purpose here? What do you believe about your spiritual connection? You know, what do you believe about who you are as a soul? And those answers are going to be different for everybody based on who we are and what our soul path is. But, you know, it's really just taking us to the core um, of our truth. And we're not being allowed to hang on to these old identities of, well, I'm, I'm a this and it's my profession, you know, or I'm, I'm this because of my social mm -hmm. circle. Um, you know, we don't get to keep that stuff right now, you know, and some of that's going to come back as we move through this and we, you know, kind of resume our roles, um, however life evolves, but we're meant to internalize the lesson that we're learning now. So as we move forwards, we can make choices from a much more authentic space. And I think a lot of us are having time to really educate ourselves on different ways to live. And so you may find that you really hated that job and there's a gift in now you have time to learn how to garden. And maybe that is something that you really are going to find brings you joy. And that's a different way to nurture your family and your community and mother earth and to reconnect in those sorts of ways that I think are also being really highlighted as we move through this of where, what are the supply chains? Where does your food come from? Because if that supply chain is affected, yeah, well, you kind of have to think about it now. And so you have to be a little bit more connected to the sources of your food. And for some people, water, like your basic needs are coming to the forefront. And that was a gift that yes. for a lot of us, we didn't have to think about it. Well, who was really impacted by all of us just 
not thinking about it. Yeah, absolutely. And what a, what a beautiful gift it is that people who have jobs like the mail carrier, (laughs) those who work in stores, you know, are really Mm -hmm. being like, they're, they're the heroes right now because they're out in this. And so it's helping us see, um, it's, I think it's helping us see on so many levels, um, people in a new light and that these services that people provide, they are valuable. It goes back to what I said earlier about nature. Nobody's more than, nobody's less than. Like every single person is needed within that ecosystem. And so it's helping us be aware um, of the greater whole of the ecosystem and our place within it and then other people's places as well. And it really has kind of uprooted that system, right, of seeing our grocers and our mailmen and all of these people as kind of, you know, anybody can have that job, right? But they're being forced onto these front lines. And really, we're being called to reevaluate how do we value everyone, particularly people who didn't sign up to be on the front lines? How do we actually take care of those people instead of ostracizing them when they come into the store after they've worked, like our healthcare workers who have been on the forefront and need to yeah. feed their families still? And it's really just been so heartbreaking to me because we haven't taken care of the people who work in grocery stores or our healthcare workers. And are we going to sit idly by and let our government make these choices? Yeah, about how yeah we value exactly. Life? You know, I think that there's going to be a lot of um, grassroots level efforts at bringing like sanctity, you know, and sacredness back into like how we treat people again. Um, And this is hitting us at a grassroots level where people on their own are being forced to evaluate the gift of life and how we're treating others' lives, you know, and I think we're going to see a wave of momentum from the people themselves (laughs) um, and pressure put on government systems to start making changes that are more equitable, that support everybody because people are paying attention now and we're not going to forget the lessons of this. <laughs> it's hanging around long enough. We already know that, mm-hmm. that, you know, it's hanging around long enough that we're meant to move forward remembering mm-hmm. this. We're meant to move forward with these new truths. Well, when both of you were talking about like the ecosystem of who we are and where we are and how do we fit and where does our food come from? Like I'm have a prepper mind, although I'm like a lazy prepper. I'm like, what do we do that gives me like, <laughs> the biggest bang for like the least amount of action. But I'm telling Leah like, okay, well we should get rabbits because X, Y, and Z, like they have the highest meat for like the lowest input for also getting stuff for um, gardens. (laughs) She's not a fan. Okay, fine. But then I was like, oh, but at least Rosa has a rabbit. So we'll buy, you know, <laughs> rabbit poop from Rosa on our gardens. <laughs> does really allow us to see value where we didn't see it before. It's like, yes. oh, this is what's valuable, even just to survive. Yeah, like, yeah. it's so true. You know, so it's interesting. Valuable. One of the things that I asked the records was about the economic system and about money. I got a little bit of information. Went in with the big questions. <laughs> being like, I don't know if I want to know what's going to come through, but I will. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things they did say is that there is going mm-hmm. to be a collapse of a lot of the economic systems. We already know this. This isn't shocking new information. We're seeing it already. How many of us are out of work? Um, but that there was also going to be attempts at resuscitation, mm-hmm. you know, as the system was collapsing. So the image that I kept seeing was like a bicycle flyer tire deflating as somebody kept coming along and trying to pump air into it. So it will be interested on like a bigger scale, like how we see that, because I did see a lot of agencies, um, government agencies and other agencies with means trying to come to the aid right now to keep things from going into a total collapse. But what I got for us as individuals is that the guides and the record said, this is really a time to examine our relationship with what we need, our relationship with money, our relationship with security, our relationship with, um, like how we think about um, stability. And it's really a time to look into fears that we have around that. Like we were talking about earlier, if we used to feel like, like I'm secure because I have this job and I like the paycheck that it gives me and you don't have that now, you're really being 
forced or invited, depending on how you want to look at it, to really tap into what truly does bring you mm -hmm. security, what truly does bring you a sense of worth. And there's a lot of inner work that can be done around evaluating, like, where does our true abundance come from? You know, it, it comes from the universe. The universe is still an abundant place. We still have um, spirit is still a, a very much a prosperous spirit, a spirit of abundance, a spirit of blessings. So right now, it's this really amazing opportunity to really see what is a true blessing like what what do you really need and in what ways does help show up in your life um, and you know in what ways does unexpected help show up in your life and like maybe it comes in the form of a neighbor having a rabbit who has poop that you can use for your vegetable garden you know I mean and it's yeah. like but those things are where we need yeah. to that's what we need to anchor into right now because this is this is the cool thing about this is we actually get to strip back all these um, human structures that we put in place that give us a false sense of stability because um, that's all they are. They're false structures that give us a sense of stability. You know, anything could happen in life on a dime and we might lose that. They just kind of give us a sense that they're going to remain the same until they're not. Um, and it really just takes us to what is true about the universe, what is true about living in an abundant universe and really opening up to abundance and new forms and seeing abundance in new forms. I feel very fortunate because I feel like the universe is very gentle with me often. <laughs> so thank you to the universe. Shout out there. Um, I'm often kind of forced into situations because I refuse to take the leap. And it's still often just like, it's all right. We'll both take a hand. We'll we'll guide you over this together. And I remember in August of 2019, yes. our whole world kind of shifted. We've talked about yes. this a little bit, that we lost our jobs. And I remember feeling that I was in this free fall. And I kept thinking, oh, no, like, what? where does this end? And then I had this moment during a meditation where I saw myself shift from free falling, which was I always saw myself on my back and so I could never see where I was going and it added to this terror of, but what comes next? Cause does it just get worse? And it was like the universe kind of flipped me over to onto my stomach and said, don't even think about it as a, a flow of water because that always makes sure. me uncomfortable too. I'm like, but I can't see. And it's a think of it like airflow and you're flying. And so if you put your wings out, you're soaring, you're not falling. And so you get to see this beautiful journey that this wind is going to take you on. And so just fly. Yeah. Don't, don't do a free fall. And so as we've kind of stepped into this new reality, I feel much more, I don't want it to sound arrogant because I have my own fears and I have my own anxieties about how this turns out and what happens along the way. But there is this sense of peace in that you just got to kind of hang and let it kind of unfold. And every time I go back into that space, I am shocked by how the universe shows up for me. It is in the most bizarre ways, which is so delightful to yes. me. It's ultimately so much more joyful than these silly little human plans that I had. It's like, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was thinking today before um, I, I got on the call with you, how both of you were kind of like pre-prepared for this. And I feel like there's a lot of people who um, have maybe stepped out as, um, you know, spiritual teachers or uh, at least people who are willing to open dialogues around the things that need to be talked about. And they were, um, a lot of them like already went through some sort of significant loss where when this came, it was kind of like, okay, this is new. It's bringing up stuff in myself as well. But there's a little bit of a roadmap for how to follow it because you already went through being in that free fall, you know, and I, I know for myself, this was self-imposed. I'm the one who chose to close my practice and move to an island and, you know, go through all this stuff that I kind of chose over here. And um, I seem to have a soul path where I take the steepest, bloodiest route up the mountain most often. <laughs> There's, there's, there's a lot of help on the way. <laughs> I've had a lot of conversations with my higher self about it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, one of the things from this hit that, that I thought for myself is, um, you know, I haven't really had financial security since I left Alaska. I kind of live month to month seeing what shows up in terms of client and speaking engagements and work and workshops and all of that stuff. And so I thought, well, gosh, like I haven't really lost a job. You know, I haven't had security in a long time. Um, I haven't know what I'm going to be doing a couple months from now in a really long time 
because I just wait to see what spirit tells me and what instructions I get. And so in some ways, everything was changing. And I thought, but the essence of what I've learned on how to navigate that hasn't really changed. And I felt really deeply called back into a space of my spiritual connection and kind of shrugging off the um, what I'm working on in terms of, you know, building stuff as an author and a speaker. And this was going to be the year that I did more of that. Um, and I'm sure there's more of that stuff in store. But I really felt called to just sort of like take that cloak off for now and just be like who I am in this, who's Beth Ann, without having to be anything other than myself and to really step back into my connection with spirit and just kind of let myself fall apart and dissolve a little. And there's so much um, surrender, I guess. It's a real space of surrender right now where we can allow life to write itself through us instead of trying to like write and script our lives. And I think that's been the forceful surrender is what we're looking at too. It's like, well, you didn't surrender yeah. before and now you really have no choice. So <laughs> you've got time. to. Yeah, make very it, much right? so. I, um, I will that. share because I found this really helpful. You know, I did ask the records if there was a practice right now that would be really helpful for helping anybody who's struggling with anxiety. And the wisdom that I received is that right now it's really helpful to like ground our energy down because when we're up in our heads. It's like such a flight of ideas, right? And that's what fear and anxiety does. It kind of makes the mind spin. And so they talked about grounding the energy down and bringing our energy back into ourselves by literally sitting on the earth, even if you're in your apartment, because it's still built on the earth and thinking about your connection to mother earth and how the earth is supporting you. And she is lifting you up and to really just meditate on like how supported you are literally by the earth. And I thought that was like such a simple beautiful grounding practice because it's true <laughs> and we can do it anytime that we're starting to feel um, mm -hmm. that flight of ideas begin to take place or we've had an overload of news and I know for myself what happens for me is I kind of I kind of just don't know where to focus and I'll lose my focus and I'll just have too many thoughts racing through my mind and they're not even all fears and anxieties it's like I just like my energy will be fragmented. So um, I've been using that wisdom that was given and it's really helpful for like bringing your energy together and like bringing it into you. I love that. And it really, as you were saying that made me think, oh, this is really how we come back to see mm. the power of divine feminine energy is mother earth is ultimately the provider. Like she will take such good care of us. And what we are witnessing on a global scale is the collapse of toxic patriarchy in a lot of ways. And it's making room for. Yeah, it's so true. When I think of the divine feminine, I really think about um, compassion and receiving and the energy of being in surrender, right? That's kind of where we're all at right now. And then when I think of divine masculine, I think about action that is oriented for the greatest good and, you know, action that's really aligned with the heart and making choices that serve the good of all. It's protective energy. Energy, right? That's what the, a, a good chief of a clan would do. They would make a choice that was in the highest wisdom to protect all inhabitants of the clan, not just the few. And you're so right. It is such a collapse of all that is toxic right now and all that's been built on greed and selfishness. And I don't want to let go of my turn at the wheel. Um, you know, and one of the things the records really talked about, again, again, that was the, the, the word uh, that they used was forced, but there's like this forced working together right now that if humanity wants to move itself forward, to love itself forward in different ways than it has before, then they have to learn to start working together and like crossing divides and like coming together in different ways than, um, than we have before, or we're not going to make it. And we're already seeing that. It is the come together is your choice or sit in fear. What was so interesting though, when you said that that divine feminine energy is compassionate. It made me think of, wow, like Mother Earth really is so abundant and willing yeah. to care for all of us, even after we have treated her like shit and just trampled all over her. And still she says, like, that's okay. Like, come work with me and toil in my soil and like yeah. let me show you the beauty talk that about I like unconditional love and when hesitation. you think about like christ consciousness <laughs> and you know really what unconditional love is mother earth embodies that it's this endless generosity 
you know, I had this really um, interesting experience a couple weeks ago where um, animal communication is one of my intuitive gifts. And I was out on my morning walk and I saw this cow and it was just staring at me. And I was like, okay, what do you want? Um, you know, and I, it was it was like, I have something to tell you. And this doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. We live around a lot of animals. I, you know, they don't always all talk to me, but it was just one of those moments where intuitively I knew a message was trying to come through. Um, and, you know, I, so I said to the cow, why is the virus here at this point in time? And the cow said, so you can learn about what abundance truly is. And isn't that beautiful? And then I asked this cow, you know, the yeah. spirit of the cow, like, what is your soul purpose? Why did you choose to be a cow on this planet at this point in time? Um, and the cow said, um, I wanted to learn what it is to be a part of the generosity of the earth. And you too are a part of the generosity of the earth. Mm, wow. Yeah. It's so interesting to me that this happened during the spring, because as Leah's saying, you know, we're yes. learning about mother earth is going to keep giving because I'm like, I'm not that scared about food right now. Yes. There are food lines that are still working, but I'm like, what an interesting time that it's yeah. happening in the spring and food is up, yeah. coming up. It's not happening as we're going into the winter mm -hmm. where everything is going to shut down and things would become more scary for a lot of people, not just with like food scarcity, but with darkness and cold. It's like, no, it's going to yes. happen during the spring, unless I guess you're in Australia. <laughs> um, yeah. But for us, I'm like, no, things are coming alive right now. And so many people are afraid of the natural world. And they're so afraid to pick something that like might be poisonous to them. But it's it doesn't take that much learning yeah. you know, to figure out what you can eat and how to prepare some of these foods. And there are so many resources online right now, mm -hmm. just in terms of recipes. Like if you're like, well, I picked these dandelion leaves. What do I do with them now? Mm -hmm. But it's like, no, you literally have a food source readily available for a lot of people that they yeah. aren't acknowledging. Yeah. Instead, they were putting pesticides on their mm -hmm. food source. Oh, gosh. You know, so crazy. But it's about. like, right. But it's like, okay, well, stop doing that to your lawn and see what comes up because mother earth yeah. is still feeding you literally right now. Mm -hmm. And, um, I say that just if you <laughs> on your lawn, don't start eating them. Maybe this season <laughs> pick somewhere else because they're probably still in your lawn. But also related to that is the the trees are the other half of your lungs. Like you can't breathe without these natural parts of mother earth. Mm -hmm. And so again, going yeah. back to this virus, it's like stopping people from being able to breathe. It's like, right. But if you take away all yeah, the trees, yeah, it's so, it's so true. You know, it's the earth mm -hmm. is tied so strongly in with this, right? She has such a strong message for us. You know, it's really interesting. Actually, it's interesting that we're talking about trees and plants and all of that, because um, when I was in the records and I asked them, like, what can we do to take care of our health? The analogy they gave me um, was to treat ourselves like houseplants right now. <laughs> and that if you have a houseplant that you've neglected in the past and you're not paying attention to it and you're not watering it and you're not, you know, doing the fill the things, that plant's going to be more susceptible to atrophy, you know, meaning that we're going to be more susceptible to um potentially having the virus passed on to us, but that if you were to suddenly start taking care of that plant and you put it on a feeding schedule and you were watering it and you were talking to it and you were being in relationship with it, that plant is going to flourish. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the idea behind it was that if we are taking care of ourselves like that, like the trees, like the plants, like we really should be doing in the natural world, most likely we're going to be okay. It's the other beautiful counterpart to this is, all of the healers and herbalists and natural medicine practitioners are coming forward and really receiving the respect that they've deserved for so long because things are collapsing around us that we really did like our medical systems. Yeah. Thought yeah. Were, right. Like we're like, they are coming to the forefront and basic things like wash your hands, <laughs> be mindful of what you touch. You know, I mean like those, those very, very basic yeah. things are like, be mindful of how close you are to people. You know, I mean, those are the things that are, are the solution in this right now for keeping ourselves safe. You know, it's not some big fancy thing from the medical system. You know, it's really coming back to more basic space. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming so welcome. and joining us, Bethann. This has been amazing. Um, if 
someone wants to work with you further, sure um so if anybody if it resonates and you um, want to reach out you can find me on my website bethannkw.com um b-e-t-h-a-n-n-e-k-w.com and then on my site i have my books i have um i do akashic readings i have my one-on-one offerings you know i have a newsletter called intuitive you all of my online courses there's one on cultivating your intuition there's one on the heart of empathy and there's one um on the alchemy of grief so especially in particular if you are looking to work through grief right now i have a, a course on it um and it's all independent study that I do write on grief. So my book, Lamentations of the Sea, and then its sequel, Transformations of the Sun, both explore topics of grief and spirituality and loss and being a messy human being and also being divine. So um, that might offer some support too right now for anybody who might need it. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today. You always make me feel oh, so you're much so calmer and so hopeful. So I appreciate your time. You're, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. It's just a pleasure to be on here. And it's really nice yeah. to be able to to share this wisdom um, beyond just myself and pass it on because I, I believe the information from the Akashic Records, it's for anybody who, who wants it and needs it right now. So I'm glad that I could move the energy forward and hopefully help some other people as well. It certainly helps keep me grounded. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. We will say goodbye. Thanks for attending that class, students. For today's homework, we want you to join our Patreon, submit a question for our birthday episode, and also, have you tapped into the Akashic Records? Have you tried to do it? It's kind of cool. You get some interesting information. Try it out yourself. Y'all, there's still extra credit on top of all of that. So as always, hop on over to iTunes, rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, and join us on social media. We look forward to getting to know you. Bye, students. Bye, class.